On this episode, we talk about Salt Lake City Fan X 2022. And there's a lot to talk about. You saw a lot of panels. You saw the coolest cosplays. And yeah, we're going to talk all about it. Okay, where do you want to start? There's so much to talk about. Fan X uh, 2022, the South Lake mm. Comic Convention. You know, they have to call it Fan X for legal mm -hmm. reasons because there's a fan, there's a convention out there that, ooh, you can't call yourselves Comic Cons, which is, it was always a stupid, greedy thing from yeah. San Diego to, you know, sue for, you know, it's like suing someone for, for the word. I don't know, picnic, maybe not picnic, barbecue, or uh, state yeah. fair, you know, state fair. Something yeah. big that every city can have one, but anyways. But, yeah, anyways. Fun, fun thing, uh, as I was walking the floor, uh, I met this guy, he came to talk to me, we started uh, talking, and he was talking about how he always... He's been to every single one, uh, and he really likes it. He makes friends, and I guess that's why he talked to me. And uh, he was talking about how when the the Holy Trinity came to to Fanex, that kind of uh, make San Diego pissed, and that's why they decided to to fight. Uh, uh. And by Holy Trinity, uh, Mark Hamill. Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, which I didn't know Harrison Ford has wow. been has been to to Fanex. I didn't know he did uh, these except the ones he has to. Uh, apparently, he he did. I don't know. I would have to check. Wow. But either way, Stanley came <coughs> once and said it was the biggest, the best, and mm. you know, the man knew his comic books, he knew his conventions because oh, yeah. he helped create it. Anyways, so Fanex twenty two, so a lot happen and <clears throat> we tried to catch a lot we couldn't catch everything because it, it was not physically it was, possible it was, uh, uh, we had a uh, limited uh, team and we couldn't get everything but we got uh, I don't know probably got the best I feel like we hit the highlights the things that are are most important but but truly it is like just physically impossible to do everything and especially this year they had more guests than they have ever had before and so celebrity row was packed with people getting autographs and photo ops the vendor floor was huge and crowded and full of art we've got artist alley we've got like just so much amazing stuff happening and then there were so many panels we had to choose we had to make some tough choices frankly but even though we missed out on a few things what we did was so much fun um and all the time in between panels we spent um in the hallways taking pictures of some pretty amazing cosplay pictures of day one are available on our mm -hmm. pages uh day two and day three coming soon mm -hmm. and pretty soon maybe by the time you're listening to this they all might be on our pages yeah, uh, and there's crossed. a lot of cool uh, uh, cosplays, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of fun, funny people, families, mm -hmm. single people, bizarre people. There's mm -hmm. like all all types of yeah. Uh, there it was there was like for all tastes, from yes. books to comic books to movies 
to TV shows to video games and there was so much going on and there's always so much going on there I found out once we we got home from the last day I, f I found out the stuff that oh I didn't know that was going on yeah so on the on the on the second floor mm -hmm. uh, or third I think a second second there's just the two floors I don't know uh, because there was uh, on the top floor which uh -huh. sure let's say it's a second but we didn't see so that's why maybe it's a third one uh they had a uh 24/7 i mean not 24/7 uh, but uh convention hours mm -hmm. uh karaoke so there was always people there singing huh yeah that's crazy where was that uh, top floor I, I i i don't know wow But there was okay. like if you wanted to watch movies there were screenings mm -hmm. there were uh, uh, game uh, uh, what's it called yeah there's tabletop gaming tabletop gaming um, yeah they they have a little wrestling corner um, yes like with like pro semi pro wrestling I don't know what level but yeah there's wrestling happening the whole time um, there's Yeah, food. Good deals. Mm -hmm. that you can always buy, like, that was comic books by a dollar, comic book, comic books by, by yeah. less if you buy more. And also mm -hmm. collectibles. You can always find oh, yeah. uh, something. The uh, Lounge Fly Backpacks. Complete your collect. Funko Pops, all kinds of, like, statues. Yeah. 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 Lightsabers, so costumes, accessories, mm -hmm. shirts. Art. The artists came uh, yeah. uh, to autograph and also to sell art. Mm -hmm. That was like, we, we heard of people that were spending, like, one, two grand yeah. on art. Mm -hmm. So, it's pretty cool. That's, like, that's for all tastes, all flavors, all opinions. Uh, yeah. And we went to check some of that. A lot of that, mm -hmm. uh, and let's talk about it. So, on day one, uh, we saw a couple panels, and we saw a lot of cosplayers. We checked the mm -hmm. floor. The first panel we saw was uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Mm -hmm. So, Anthony Michael Hall got his start with uh, John Hughes movies back in the 80s and has been able to stay pretty busy either in front of or behind the camera since then, playing all kinds of roles. He's the kind of actor who just like works. And so if that means voiceover, he does it. If that means being a villain, cool. If that, you know, so he's he's always working, he's always doing something. Um yeah, and his panel uh all all the pen most of the panels, if not all the panels. So mm -hmm. Sometimes they have panels that are not. All the panels we checked, they were all Q&A. So yes. the fans, as the name says, fan acts, the fans mm -hmm. have the experience to talk to their their, their uh, celebrity idols mm -hmm. and to ask questions and they can ask pretty much anything with certain limitations yeah you know but limitations to keep the experience good for everybody mm -hmm. so yeah how was Anthony Michael Hall I thought it was very interesting because yeah uh, the way he talks about I mean it was good uh, as a John Hughes fan it was mm -hmm. it was good because he he gave some uh, uh, some details of the the person the relationship how mm -hmm. he treated how he made movies how he would like go home and write a script uh, overnight and how he yeah. treated uh, them they were kids the relationship with them and how uh, Who was? No, no. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about another great director that we learned in another panel. Yeah. Uh, but what else? 
Yeah, he, um, so Anthony Michael Hall talked about how John Hughes would, like, take them, he'd take them to concerts, take them to record stores, and then, yeah, it was just, like, constantly working, he had so many irons in the fire, um, he was writing one movie while he was making another, um, which is probably how he turned out so many of, like, the iconic films of the 80s, and films that have really lasted, Breakfast Club really hit me as a teenager, even though I didn't even go to public high school, I was homeschooled. But there was still so much in there that spoke to the American teenage she experience. She was a six one, you know. What? There was a, she, there was a basket oh, case. Oh yes, the basket case, the princess, the, the jock, the uh, the criminal, the geek, and the homeschooler. And the homeschooler. Yeah. That, that's not in the show for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, I was definitely the geek, and um, anyway. Uh, I forgot what's going on. Oh yeah, just I think it's amazing how he managed to make this movie that was set in the eighties and was so eighties in so many ways, but then also spoke to me, you know, twenty plus years later as a homeschool teenager. Anyway, the irony is, and this is what I asked him about, John Hughes kept Anthony Michael Hall working like all through his teen years. And so even though he was in these high school movies, he didn't really actually go to high school. He did like the onset tutoring and things like that. Um, to be clear, he did not mind that at all. He was not upset about missing school. Um, but, and he did get, you know, decent education. They always have, the, there's, I think at the time he said they had to do like three hours of school every day with tutors onset and stuff. But um, I just thought that was funny and ironic that like the face of American high school never actually went <laughs> to high school but right. that's hollywood for you uh, at least they were real teenagers and a, not a, like 30 year olds a couple more things we, we we learned from from him was that he's working on a on a movie mm -hmm. uh there's kind of a homage uh, uh referential big time on breakfast club yes uh and it's not trying to reboot or to remake, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of that. Uh, so apparently he, he mentioned that instead of five students, this one is six, right? I think so. Uh, all the things that we learned from him was about vacation. The yes, original ending of vacation, in the original ending, mm -hmm. instead of getting to the park and, and having to deal with the great John Candy, there's the, the, the guard Mm -hmm. And convincing him to finally ride in, in the World empty park, mm -hmm. they go to the the owners, the founders' uh, house, and kidnap him. Mm -hmm. And they did uh, screen audiences. Uh, they did this uh, focus screening for audiences, mm -hmm. and they said, like, "No, it doesn't." Yeah, it was like every card was like, "We yeah. need to see them get to the park." It, yeah. What the heck is this? <laughs> so they, they, they took that other movie, which incidentally in the future in another John Hughes mu mm -hmm. movie uh, became part of Christmas Vacation, mm -hmm. where they do kidnap the boss, uh, Randy. Uh, not Randy. Randy is the uh, Cousin Eddie. Eddie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Honestly, uh, uh, is my favorite part of that movie. What, what else about uh, Anthony Michael Hall? Um, well, just the other the other part of that story was because of how much time had passed between when they shot and when oh, they decided yeah. to redo the ending. It was a full year, and during that year, um, in his words, puberty just like <clears throat> hit him pretty hard. So in those scenes where they're on the roller coaster, like with John Candy and stuff, Anthony Michael Hall is quite a bit taller than he was 
in the rest. He said a foot taller, but not that much. But like he's taller. His voice is changing. Hair. He's got yeah. His hair is different color. Like this is a completely different human being than shot the rest of um, the film. You could see it. He also talked about how like what a joy it was to work with John Candy and how you know Chevy Chase is like sarcastic and everything, and John Candy just wanted to make people laugh and make people happy. And, and what a pleasure it was to to work with him. Yeah. Uh, also on day one, we saw a panel with uh, two of the Titans from yeah. the HBO Titans show. Curran, uh, what's his bucket? Uh, Curran Walters. Curran Walters and Connor Leslie. Mm -hmm. uh, Connor is the girl. Curran is the is a boy. So yeah. Just to be clear. So uh, he is Robin. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Jason uh, and, and then uh, Red Hood. And mm -hmm. she is Wonder Girl. And it was cool. Yeah, I, ah, oh, I really enjoyed this panel. Um, especially Connor Leslie. Um, I love to hear actors talk about how seriously they take these comic book roles. Cause sometimes the superhero movies get a bad rap. You know, Martin Scorsese and other people have you know made comments about how lame this stuff is. I mean, for Miss Scorsese, for Miss Scorsese to say it's, I think he's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. Sure, and, absolutely. And proved, he proved that he makes movies. What bugs me is, is people that work on these, and after you know, like kind of dismiss it and and say something smaller or even when he's working on these kind of movies this guy on Aquaman uh, uh, called working on these kind of superhero movies clown uh, clown mm. work uh, and I don't know I didn't see him saying because you know if you pick that it sure. might seem like my son like he's depreciating uh, uh, you know someone like uh, who was it DiCaprio gave this concert to uh someone oh, there yeah. i can't remember anyways moving on so okay. she 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 showed respect for the work she does and also considering mm -hmm. the you know hundreds of thousands of fans that follow something and yeah she treated with care and respect mm -hmm. yeah and really takes the takes the character takes the character seriously um and so we asked them if they had any access to the the bat cave what would they like what bat gadgets would they like to use as individuals not as like not what their characters would do but what they would do um and i thought their answers were really fun uh current jason todd he was like oh i would take batman i would take batman and then he changed his answer and he said, "Oh, I would take a tire off the Batmobile." I'm like, oh, Which is deep a, humor. It's a, yeah, it's a very very funny joke because mm -hmm. if you read the books, you know that Jason became Robin because he was trying to steal one of the wheels of the Batmobile, mm -hmm. uh, which was yeah, which is such a Jason Todd thing to do. And honestly, I could totally see this kid doing it. But anyway. Um, and then Connor's answer is, she's like, I want the Batmobile. Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I am on the same page with that. And the, the moderator was like, well, what about the bike? Like the motorcycle? She's like, yeah, it's nice, but I want the Batmobile. And, um, you know, she talked about how she could, she could be Batman. People take her so much more seriously. So of course she gets out and they realize she's a woman. And then there's that whole thing. She didn't get too much into it. Um, she also talked about how much she wants to wear the Dark Star suit, and I totally agree about this, and I'm kind of surprised that No, they not went. the Dark Star suit, no. Troya. Troya, okay, sorry. Yeah. 
But it's a dark suit with yes, it's stars. like black with stars. Okay, yeah. Which in the, which in the books is is like it, it's not like black with white dots. It's mm -hmm. actually stars. So yeah. you could, you, with visual effects, you could do something very very. That would be uh, so cool. Yeah, cool. And especially like now that she's had the whole comeback from the dead arc. I don't know. Yeah. I could see it, and it fits their whole vibe of like. Well, anyway. Yeah, um, don't, and Donna tries a constant in the book. She she uh, she went to Titans. Mm -hmm. uh, the long run, uh, I think, I think because the, the kid Flash becomes a Flash and gets out. Robin Nightwing once in a while gets out too to take care of Blood, Blood, what's it called? Blood Haven? Uh, Blood, Blood Haven. And, but she, she's she's a constant that she dies several times like comic book characters do she becomes a dark star she mm -hmm. she uh you know change identities etc mm -hmm. etc et i yeah. i that was that was one of the questions that was 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 fun someone asked who who you think should join the titans mm -hmm. and i can't remember who uh said uh maybe it was the person that maybe it was the moderator but yeah. roy uh roy uh harper yes there was an arrow as as mm -hmm. red arrow whatever they called him yeah but he was uh, uh again a uh, constant i found a member of the titans mm -hmm. and becomes arsenal and is a yeah. pretty cool character that i think he'd really yeah. fit in with the show yeah to uh that would make yeah that would that would be seamless i i agree with that yeah i'd like to see that happen Anything else about Titans? No. Cool. Just that there's a new season coming. Mm -hmm. And just a pop, pop, uh, uh, breaking news, on, mm. since we're on that theme. Uh, image leaked from the set of Stargirl and confirmed a crossover between Stargirl, Titans, and Doom Patrol. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. It's going to be big. That's going to be bizarre. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. To be clear, bizarre in the sense is very good. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. All right, next up we saw, we got to see some of the clerks. Yes, uh, Brian O'Hallahan and uh, Jeff, Jeff? Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson. And they were supposed to be there that day. Yes. Uh, they talked about the movie, the mm -hmm. original movies, the new movie we didn't see yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but fans ask stuff about it and how the journey was. And mm -hmm. later we're gonna talk about Kevin Smith. We're gonna go more through that. Yeah. And they 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 have, it was like a lot of curiosities uh, came mm -hmm. out on that panel as well, like the original ending of Clerks. Yes. Uh, one of them get got shot and died. Yeah. Uh, also, it didn't work with the how the entire movie was. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kevin was convinced to change, and which gave us a lot more Clerks movies, two more to yes. be exact, but also and basically uh, the, gave Brian O'Halloran a career and Kevin Smith, yeah, other uh, movies because you know mm -hmm. maybe if he killed him, maybe it wouldn't work <laughs> as it did, yeah, and you know he would be one movie wonder, mm -hmm. as they said in the panel, yes. Um, they also talked a lot about just the, the work of promoting it, taking it to Sundance and all this stuff. There's a lot of sleeping on hotel room floors and and just like the absolute lack of budget that they had for this. Um, how they, like the choice to shoot in black and white, this was not artistic. It was because they couldn't afford the light kit, the light kit to yeah. do it in color. Um, 
But I mean, all this, all these circumstances came together to make such a great film um, that I I really enjoy. Um, anyway, so that was fun. Also, Jeff Anderson is based. I don't know if he's like doing a bit or if this is just who he is. Um, but he's just as he's he's the same. Yeah. Yeah. The original clerks, uh, the the characters are uh, based on two uh, life, uh, real life characters. Mm-hmm. One is is uh, Kevin Smith. That was one of the clerks. The other one is Brian. I can't remember his name. Brian. Uh, I can't remember. But he's part of the comic book man. There's a guy with long beard. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they were both. One was a clerk on a convention. What's it called? convenience store mm-hmm. and the other one in a video store yeah uh, so they had their, pretty much like in a movie but uh, one of the things that we, we learned I can't remember if it was like Kevin Smith panel on this one but since yeah there, they talked about uh, him. The, that originally uh, Kevin Smith was supposed to be Kevin Smith yeah uh, on the movie but the I can't remember if it was pressures uh, from the mm-hmm. producers or whatever, but it ended up not happening. Yeah. And they got those guys. Which I think was another good decision. Because then we got uh, Silent Bob yes. from it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, more about Clerks and the Kevin Smith panel. We're going to talk in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the Clerks panel, we saw... Walking Dead! The Walking Dead panel yeah. with David Morrissey and Ross Marquand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, there's a character that's sticking around, at least lately. <laughs> the other one, you know, is the governor yeah. that mm-hmm. died a while ago. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, but come on. But it seems like for all... I haven't watched the show, but it just seems like for all of them, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, because it's like... It, they keep kind of changing characters, changing the cast of characters. Kill, kill mm-hmm. three, get two more, and then yeah. yeah. There was a, a Rick Grimes. That was the character that was lasting from day one to, mm-hmm. uh, but then he left. Yeah. That was promised and announced a couple of months ago that he's gonna get a movie, uh, and they're gonna see him again, but yeah. Anyways, the Walking Dead panel was 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 fun. Rose Marquand mm-hmm. did uh, record Rob's voice. Yeah, John C. Riley uh-huh. does impressions. He does, and and they're so good. Um, he did a he did a Trump impression that was like truly hilarious and not traumatic or offensive at all. Which oh, what a gift. <laughs> um, but something I've noticed, we've seen a few people come over the years from from the Walking Dead, and every time they talk about working on set and all the rest they all like seem to love it they all say it was so hard because georgia is hot and humid and they're like out in the woods and there's bugs and there's like makeup and it's just really it's tough work but they all they seem to come away with this great sense of like camaraderie and like really just intense professionalism on set and just what an incredible experience it is and so I think that has a lot to do with the success of the show. Not just that it's like a great story and they're doing a good job telling it, but just the way it's something special is happening yeah, on that it, set. And it, is it, cool. is, it, is, it reflects uh, uh, the good environment, reflects the, mm-hmm. how the show, the good the show is. There was some, some of the guests, I can't remember who it was. It was um, wasn't the Lancy? No, someone... 
was invited to work on Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Who was? Who was? We had John Carlos. No, no, John oh, Esposito okay. was a regular. It was someone? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it was Delancey. The oh yeah, he was on was Breaking Delancey, Bad. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, so yes. That's he, what he thinking. He he uh, he was talking about how he got there, and everything mm -hmm. on the show was like spot on yeah. organized like everybody notch. worked well together everybody mm -hmm. was like excited because they were doing you know uh because uh, they're making good stuff yeah and that converted in in good stuff and he said and then he walked and he said once he walked in the set he says oh the show is good you know mm -hmm. you could tell just by how things run you know not mm -hmm. like another uh, another comma for breaking news uh, not like don't worry darling that like rumors are oh popping in that Oliver Wilde and Wilde <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, Florence Pugh literally screamed at each other on the yeah. set uh, anyways just to close this this quick pop news uh, the movie is doing like really low mm -hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes so it, it was like one of those like dogs that bark loud but it didn't bite. Yeah, but I suspect if someone makes a movie or a miniseries about making this movie, it might be, it might do okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Frankly, that's what I would rather see. Um, but, but yeah. So then he also John Delancey also, and it, that's he was actually the next panel. Um, him and Brent Spiner were there to talk about. Yeah, the Star Trek panel. Mm -hmm. Star Trek Next Generation. Generation. Uh, um, John Delancey mm -hmm. and Brent Spiner. There's a, an alumni. I don't know about Delancey if he's been here before. Uh, I don't know. He did mention Spider that I promised. He did mention that he promised and he promised. He promised and he finally came. Yeah. But I don't know if it was. Uh, I get the feeling this was the first time. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, just one more thing about the Breaking Bad side. He did talk about too how the just like the incredibly high standards behind the camera mm. really brought out the best in him and inspired him to to work harder and to do better um, and helped him to be a better. A better actor and so that does seem to be a common a common theme um, oh yeah that we've seen from others anyway um yeah so anything else about walking dead before we get into star trek no it was it was always a, a good panel entertaining the, the, the these people are, are professionals and they're film people uh and mm -hmm. yeah yeah so okay so the next generation panel this was we've seen brent spiner before and he's fun he's got good stories because not only was he on the whole run of Gen next generation which i think was nine seasons and then all of their movies but he also pops up in lots of other um he's been at picard playing some a couple of different roles i don't remember and he's him been on enterprise. On, yep he was on enterprise i don't remember him at all when he's, i saw him back it was like what kind of photoshop is that no huh. it's not he was on he was noonie and soon i think he was playing the human dr soon yeah oh uh, yeah i still don't remember it was it, it was brief but exciting. Um, maybe it wasn't that brief. It's been a long time. Anyway, um, so the person I was really excited to see was John Delancey, who plays Q, who is one of the greatest characters. And so he had a great, incredible episodes on Next Generation and this great relationship with um, Jean-Luc Picard. And then also he shows up on Voyager and has some of the greatest episodes on Voyager. Um, and then there's also tons of great, like, comics and, and novels written about him interacting with, with other captains. 
Um, and he's such a great character, and a lot of that has to do with John Delancey's portrayal and the choices that he made. Um, and yeah, he was not disappointing um, at all. So they, as per usual, they answer fan questions, so stories from set, stories about their processes. Um, but you asked him like a that. question, right? I did. I asked them what captain they would like to serve with. And I think they kind of misunderstood. I should have said, like, if you found yourself in Starfleet. But they, they kind of took it as, like, acting, which is totally fine. They both said Patrick Stewart. Um, and so especially for John Delancey, like, that back and forth with Patrick Stewart is so choice on The Next Generation. Um, and he said something odd that when he was on Voyager... They kept telling, they were so afraid that Kate Mulgrew was going to play um, Catherine Janeway as, like, becoming infatuated with Q, which is, like, so far from what was written and so far from what happened on scene, or on, on screen. Whereas with Patrick Stewart, I don't know, it, it was just weird. Like, with Patrick Stewart, there was sometimes this, like, this, like, odd tension or, like, Q's obsession with Picard. It was like, what, where is this going? What kind of obsession is this? Anyway. Um, but yeah, they both loved working with him and, and I've heard this from Patrick Stewart and from other TNG actors that Patrick Stewart was like, he really was the captain on the set too, not just on screen, but behind the scenes, telling people what to do, reminding mm, them to be yeah. professionals, they did things like that. that yeah. I think Brent Spiner said he was, was it Brent Spiner or John Lewis? He said he was kind of poopy. Was poopy? Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I can hear it. was John Delancey. Yeah. yeah. He was a bit of a... Anyway. Yeah, that he, he, yeah, he liked to tell people what to do. On mm-hmm. the other hand, Q and Picard, uh, John Delancey and um, uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, I make the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, he said they used to, to go to, to her, his house and rehearse yeah. uh, to get, you know, mm-hmm. things as good as we saw on the screen. Yeah, and it shows they have some of the best scenes like in the franchise. Um, that courtroom scene, oh man, that is good Star Trek. Where Q's like, I'm putting all yeah. of humanity on it's, trial. It's pretty cool. Oh. It's pretty, it's a it's a very it's a very interesting dynamic, you know, it's like the mm-hmm. the guard that comes to to play with, you know, mortals. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Marvel did that in secret secret wars beyond the grab the heroes, grab the 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 villains, put them all on the planet, let them fight. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a Mr. Spitalik has some of that. Yes. Come the, the imp from the fifth dimension and mm-hmm. come fight with Superman and fight with mankind just for fun. And and the way to kick him out is to make him say his name backwards. Yeah. Uh, it's not really... Uh, anyways. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was, was really fun. Uh, it's the track panel. And that was mm-hmm. the end of day one. On day two, we started with Psych. I showed mm-hmm. that everybody seems to love... And I personally never seen it in one single episode. It's a really fun whodunit and... It's whodunit, the the show is a whodunit? The show, yeah, it's a crime show. Every episode is a whodunit? Mm Mm-hmm. Every episode. Yeah, it's a police procedural, but it was so funny. And then you have these characters and you just fall in love with. And yet again, Maggie Lawson and Timothy Amundsen, they're the the ones who are here. Um, They play Jules and Lassie. Um, they talked about how the set, it's just this love fest. The crew, the actors, like, they just love each other. 
To the point that Maggie Lawson and Timothy Amundsen, their families, spend Christmas Eve together. <laughs> like, these people are close and tight. And and that definitely came across, and I think is a big part of why the show has such a huge following, even though it's been a long time since it ended. Yeah, um, but after that, I had a movie. and three there's, movies. And there's more movies coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as well, after that, Timothy Amundsen had a horrible stroke. Um, and has worked so hard to come back to where he is now. And so it's, anytime you see him, it's just, it's very emotional. Um, remembering like who he was and who he is now and understanding just what, just thinking about what went into getting him back to the point where he can walk and talk and, um, and all of that. Um, so he told some stories from Gallivant about learning to sing and how fun it was to like ride horses in Morocco and the English countryside and having a sword and what more could a man want. And I totally mm. agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Even though I don't never seen the show, mm-hmm. the panel was fun. I know him from other things from Gallivant. Uh, mm-hmm. he was in a couple episodes of Seinfeld when he was very young. That's uh, right. Uh, and she, I know her, I don't know, there's a baseball show. Uh, yeah, she, I always I always see he, see her like the the young, uh, the newer younger version of Alicia Silverstone. She has yeah, kinda, she's very similar uh, blonde kind of beauty that mm-hmm. she had, and the the, the like roles, California. the roles are similar too. So mm-hmm. I've seen her in, in plenty of things. I I knew about her, I knew mm-hmm. about him, and the the the, the panel was was fun, was uh, entertaining. Mm-hmm. The fans loved. Much. And they showed, uh, they talked about a podcast they have together. Yeah, it's so, called The Psychologists Are In. Yeah, so if, you, if you're a fan, you guys mm-hmm. should check that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, after Psych, it was like the panel of panels. William Shatner. Yes. Oh my gosh. Captain Kirk was yeah. in the house. Oh. And, and geez, the guy was deep. He, oh yeah. He started it's like a first question was a simple question. Uh, this this guy is is a is a is a is a recurrent uh, uh, a fan. He's he's always there. You can mm-hmm. see, you can you can tell because he's always asking questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he asked him about going to space. And so how is going to space? Something like very simple. And he's like, oh really? You gotta ask that. It's like oh, I could say it's awesome. But, you know, I'm pretty sure you're not going to like that answer, right? It's like, no. And then he start talking 20 for minutes later. 20 minutes. It was the a whole process. great 20 minutes, though. And the end of the yeah. process was, like, very philosophical and beauty. Life-changing oh, yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but the way he talks, it might change other people's lives, too, on how we connect yeah. in more ways than, than uh, technologically, mm-hmm. uh, but sociologically, but, you know, in very deep uh, so ways. Yes. And I, I really enjoy it. So at this point, and, and this was very emotional for me, obviously I am a huge Trekkie and, um, anyway, so at this point, because of like where I was in the question line, as he was talking about space, I was like literally sitting like at his feet. And so sitting at the feet of Captain Kirk as he (laughs) talks about his voyages and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. This is, this is, 
a high point. Yeah. Um, there was another fun fact. Larry David, Larry David crashed into a, a William Shatner's panel, and they had like a one-on-one. It oh wasn't. My gosh. It wasn't really Larry David. It was like it was straight out of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. They start asking. It's like he start asking questions to this guy. The guy keep asking questions. So they had this whole back and forth, to a point that again she was like next online. But this was like taking I don't know 10, 15 minutes yeah. to talk about what they really talked about. Actually, they I don't really... know, man. They were, they were all <laughs> over the place. These were two very old men, just like on. Yeah. A mental and conversational journey to I don't know where. Yeah, the guy the guy actually started. But it was it, fun. The guy started it for a joke. I don't know if he, many other people got it, but or even Chapman got it. It's like I I have a life, which is uh, something I wanted to scream, but the thing was getting so deep. I, I end up not to. It was like at some moment I was decided to scream, "Get a life!" Because there's a SNL sketch where uh, William Shatner goes to a convention mm-hmm. of, of sorts, and he's like, "People, people!" And he's like, "Get a life!" Oh. <laughs> And it became, it yeah. became a, 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 a no. classic thing to, to say when dealing with... Uh-huh. I think he wrote a book called Get a, Get yeah, a Life. He's, yeah, he's written yeah. quite a bit. He talk about music, he does music. He, he does. He, he, so he gets made fun of a lot for it, but he's like, I did this album and I'll use the word singing. So like, he's aware. Just know that he is aware that what he does is not singing, but there's not necessarily another word for what he does yeah but i i found that anyways so kennedy center he's he's touring there yeah anyways well you did ask him a question yeah so and and my question didn't inspire a whole lot of like deepness it was actually like the most succinct answer i just wanted to know like what he brought to captain kirk but then also what captain kirk brought to him um because you know any of these characters that we see there's a whole team of people that goes into it we've got the screenwriters we've got directors on set we've got sometimes producers get their hands involved and then of course the actor themselves so I'm, i was curious like what how much of that was shatner and, and there's and there's also two types of actors there's the mm. actors that go read the script they're gonna memorize and read the script there's the actor get, they're gonna try to change and eventually mm-hmm. gonna change we learned some of something like that from tom cavanaugh that he create the versions of Wells. Yes. Uh, but anyways, about Shatner. Yeah, so he just said, like, every role, like, you bring you bring yourself. You just put your whole self into it. And so, like, like Captain Kirk was was me. And then and then he's like, and I said, you know, what did Captain Kirk bring to you? He goes, Captain Kirk brought me to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Shatner. Uh. Um, but I thought it was lovely. He also talked about how you need to, um, you know, when we're children... Everything is like, oh, wow. And how we need to bring that attitude well with us into adulthood and how he's cultivated that, which I think explains a lot of who Shatner is. If you've seen him in it, that he's really cultivated the sense of, wow. Um, like- and, <laughs> um, and, and that was something I loved about hearing his journey into space as a... <clears throat> I get really excited about the space program and a lot of what he talked about astronauts have shared too like how seeing being able to see the earth from that perspective really changes their perspective on humanity and all that but these are like scientists and engineers and they're on a mission whereas Shatner was just up there 
for kicks, basically. Yeah, and so he's, he got if to, anything, and he's an artist, you know. Exactly. He's a very, very uh, emotional person. He's an artist. He's a philosopher, and so, and he's a writer, and so he t- he was able to articulate this experience in a in a much more like developed way than maybe we've heard before. Um, so it was. It was beautiful. I left very happy, and I managed not to cry and make a fool of myself, and I'm very happy about that. Anyway, so, so yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to mm-hmm. see him. It's my second time seeing him in Salt yeah. Lake. Every time he comes, he talks about how he was at the U, trying to create a That's project, right. create a project uh, that eventually would go to Broadway. Yeah. And he received a phone call offering a job on Star Trek. So and since he'd already signed a contract, he wanted to go on Broadway, but he'd signed this contract, so he had to go back yeah. to L.A. So, so he always tells the story, mm-hmm. and this time he told the story how he was ripped off. Someone sold him a, sold him a Rembrandt, what's Rembrandt? A Rembrandt, Rembrandt yeah. uh, sketch, and mm-hmm. he took home and took two uh, evaluators, and it wasn't, they yeah. laughed at him. Anyways, yeah. uh, Captain Kirk Shatner uh, mm-hmm. uh, is always fun to see. It was it was good, uh, mm-hmm. and every time he would answer a question, it was it was a lecture. It was it was f- yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, if you're not in the line waiting because you might have a heart attack, it's like it's it's you are yeah. next, and there's still thirty minutes to go. But then he starts spending twenty five minutes on the question before you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I find and that's he does, common with the older actors. Like they're just does, gonna share all their life experience. And he does. And and he he. He, he controls the room. He 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 he's the one man show, and he doesn't have a moderator. He stands there and it he does awesome. it. Some people do that yeah. really well. He's he's one of them. Yeah. Some In people. fact, when he walked out, he just dragged. He grabbed the chair and dragged it right up to the front of the stage. I was yeah. like, all right, here we go. Anyway. Yeah. And he okay. did that in the Vivint Arena, the the, the, the Utah Jazz mm. Arena mm-hmm. here. Uh, he, he did that, like, yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on. Okay. Let, let's, let's, uh, 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 I want to go through all of it. Who you only... Mm-hmm. Uh, Oof, yeah, we're taking a long time. Okay, so, Kavanaugh, Tom Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's his first name on the show? Harrison? Harrison. Harrison Wells mm-hmm. on The Flash. Yep. And also all different versions of Wells. And also the reverse Flash. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, his panel was interesting. Yeah. He talked about directing, directing mm-hmm. Lois and Clark. No, Lois and Clark. Superman, Superman and Lois. Superman and Lois. Um, but she says that show is all about heart and spectacle and a four million dollar budget and I think he's doing a great job over there I'm you, loving Superman and Lois and you asked about you asked about uh, acting or directing right and he, his answer was very interesting yeah he actually quoted Clint Eastwood saying he's, he's moving into directing because he doesn't want to stop acting and so directing lets him still focus on that on and, and really yeah Focus, focus on acting. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. He also talked about like like he's willing to come back as Wells, but the real reason he's on the Flash is to be the Reverse Flash, and how much he loves like putting on those suits, and and taking on these big roles. Yeah, and who so, doesn't? But it was, it was yeah, fun, fun panel. It was fun, and then after him was Corey Feldman, and man, this is a emotional Feldman. roller coaster. Yeah, the uh, start of the Goonies, Stand mm-hmm. by Me. Last boys. Uh, the burbs, less boys, mm-hmm. among others. Uh, yeah. The things we learned from him was, of, uh, for me at least, was he sings since or even before he started acting. So mm-hmm. he was a little kid 
which I'm still kind of weird. I was like, how does that work? It's like a little kid. Anyways, uh, he's a very peculiar person. Yeah. His entourage includes... Uh, First of all, he has an entourage. I don't think we've seen anybody with an entourage. Yeah. Uh, yes, everybody might have, but like there mm-hmm. was someone on one of the panels yesterday that was like, uh, talk about the wife and then the wave. She's definitely one of the front row uh, yeah. people, but we don't know. She doesn't get involved. His was like we, we saw when they arrived together. He had the security, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I don't know, i never seen it. They might yeah. have it, might be discreet. His was like the stuff, like, uh, yeah, with, uh, so I'm gonna uh, stand here with my turtleneck and. Watch around, like look yeah. around. No oh emotion. yeah, he stood. He stood by the by the stage. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he was super late because they had some some logistic issues. I, I guess because they, they always they, do. They, they get people from. Uh, they get the celebrities out of taking pictures and doing autographs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's like a lot more people there. So yeah. to get them all the way to the other side. So, but when when he got there, uh, yeah, he talked about mm-hmm. his career. He talked about. The great uh, Richard Donner, they yeah. apparently paid for his rehab and they were good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked about him as a father figure. Yeah. Um, helped him get, he, he's the one who like got him cast in The Lost Boys. So helped his career, but also helped him um, with his personal life too, which he really needed because Hollywood like chewed up this young man and spat him back out and just wrecked him. Yeah, he was, he was like. involved in the fight against... Uh, uh, expectation, pedophilia, and harassment mm-hmm. uh, uh, in Hollywood, and he was very, uh, very, uh, very voiceable, very vocal, vocal uh, about mm-hmm. it. Uh, but anyways, in this panel was about his his work, and people ask about uh, you know curiosity about the sets, mm-hmm. about how it was to you know. Yeah, filming Goonies. Um. Another quick fun yeah. story was that he uh, kept, stole the year from Stand By Me, yes. the bloody year, and it was, uh, he tried to auction, but some hackers changed the uh, the system on the way, whoever bought it, bought it for a bargain, yeah. not really cheap. And years later, he found out that uh, Jordan Peele mm-hmm. bought it, he was a big fan, and say, I have the in my desk. Yeah. And I want to work with you and say, hey, maybe in the future we'll see them working together. I hope so. I just want Jordan Peele to keep doing things that I can watch. Um, okay, next we saw a My Hero Academia panel. This is not a show that we watch, but it is extremely popular. just with the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never seen I mean, we saw yeah. one episode. Our niece mm-hmm. uh, uh, told us we saw one episode. Yeah. And I confess that from what they say, it's like, hey, there's some interesting things here. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to try I'm it not, again. I'm not going to get into yeah. that. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's eternal. It, doesn't, it never ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's anime. Yeah. When you are when you are a kid, you know I watch Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z GT, Dragon Ball Z Kai, Dragon Ball. <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, when you grow, if that fine. Once you grow, yeah. it's like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> if my kids and my kids ever watch that, but anime, yeah, not my cup of tea. Even though I I like I like uh, the ones I mentioned, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I I I hope. And still root for the American uh, content 
rice uh, and yeah I hope they start making things which is kind of disappointing because lately we see problems in, in all American productions which is actually bringing more people to the Japanese because the Japanese is sticking to their values and not changing for every time someone blinks so their the stories are consistent really stuff, yeah. uh, are, are consistent to you know they're not changing for the sake of this social point of view or that social mm. point of view which in the American uh, uh, narratives you know the for the sake of the not for the sake of the story in detriment of the story they changing I don't know gender color uh, story uh, uh, you know just to appease uh, some some small social group and uh, in, in most of the times not even a social group there is worry about that you know there's a very interesting quote about someone talking about representation I think it was a, and there's a video of this little girl and she's black and she's kind of like it thought that was the most ridiculous thing to cast a, a black Ariel. Anyway, anyway, I digress. My yep. Hero Academia, uh, yep. piano. It was fun. It's voice actors. Mm -hmm. the, you know, super talented. The yeah. fans were like very excited for them to oh, be yeah. there. Uh, they answered questions. Nobody, nobody has fans like uh, anime. And I know that uh, the, the, the lady's favorite character is Togo. Even though I don't know Togo and I don't remember the name of the lady. Yeah, but it was clear. I guess my big takeaway is like the 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 these actors. They love anime as a genre, and they really love their work. And that is just so nice. It's so nice to see. But then we got to see Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Oh this, this, this was a big one. You know, it was big Huge. because it was full because season four was spectacular, mm -hmm. and also uh, because they had the a lot of full, people yeah. from the cast. Mm -hmm. They had uh, Shulamari Duena. They have Tanner Buchanan. They have. William Zabka, they had uh, Thomas Zagreff and Mary Mouser, mm -hmm. and uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Robbie? Yeah. I don't remember no, that's the standard. Name. That's standard. Ten of a Okay. Uh, Jacob, yeah, Hawk. Jacob yeah. Uh, Bertrand. Yeah. And we saw Penos of Them before, and mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. The, yeah, did you ask a question? I did not ask a question. This one was packed with very young, very enthusiastic fans. I was not going to take um, their time. But um, I guess my takeaway, first of all, these kids work so hard. They are doing a lot of the karate. Um, they are There are stunt doubles for some things, but for a lot of stuff, there isn't. They're, they really are learning um, this choreography. Um, and then also, like, William Zabka, man, what a, what a journey this guy's been on. Um but he, someone asked a question about bullying and he got so, he was so passionate about this, how important it is for kids to have an ally who's an adult and how important it is for kids to ask for help. And like, yeah, we can get into why the kid is bullying and all that other stuff later, but like no kid should be suffering like we see these kids in, in Karate Kid, in Cobra Kai, like we see these kids suffering. They need to have... Um, Miyagi. Yeah, they need a Mr. Miyagi. And and now Johnny is becoming that. Yeah. And it's just it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Fun fact we learned that Thomas E. Griffin uh, is actually a black belt in karate, so Yes, he is really into martial arts and highly recommends it. Yeah. After that we finally got to see Kevin Smith. 
Yes. And this man. And late, late oh, panel, man. late panel yep. uh, uh, with Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. and he right away, right out the gate, he 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 shows why <laughs> the the panel was not only late, but it was uh, eighteen or older. Yeah. Uh, and after some some of those jokes, he starts talking about his movie, uh, mm-hmm. Clerks Three, and his journey on how Clerks Three was Clerks One was about him. Clerks Two was very fiction, and Clerks Three goes back. To him and how mm-hmm. he had a heart attack, and then the character in the movie has a heart attack, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, he goes and decides to make a movie. Like he made a movie, so it's like it's Same meta, meta, self referential. He talks about clerk. He said Clerks One and Clerks Three are films, and Clerks Two is a movie. Yeah, and he he said that people leave the movie theater crying and oh, yeah. uh, this time is they, 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 they finally cry because the movie was good <laughs> like not any other time that yeah. people cry because why I watch Tusk <laughs> anyway oh and of course there was Tusk uh, questions uh-huh. and he did something really cool I thought it was time consuming but someone asked what his least favorite film and then he goes through all his films mm-hmm. and, and it's like oh let's see this one for this 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 I love it this one for this 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 yeah. I love it and then he starts doing like this one let's let's pause for a second <laughs> and then he would explain and he realized that he loves all his movies he does. even the one that he, he's you know it's not that that, that great Great. people don't consider that great but it's like but i worked with my kid and yeah you know it was fun mm-hmm. and yeah and at the end of the day he gets to make movies for a living yes and he gets to write and he has his audience you know so if he yeah. makes something it's it gotta find its audience it will um it yeah. will he so i the reasons i i love kevin smith against my will his films are packed with so much like foul language and crude content and stuff that is just frankly crass like Zack and Mary make a porno gross why do I like this guy and I finally figured it out in this panel he loves his work he loves what he does and also he really loves his family and so once you like take out all of like the gross stuff that's really what's coming through here and by family um, by family there's a, this his indirect family like the people that work with him yeah they always work with him so they're good friends yeah. and became his like, extended mm-hmm. sort of family uh, like Jay is with him since the beginning and how yeah. he fought for Jay to be in a movie the, so the studios wanted to be to give uh, Seth Green and even Seth Green yeah. oh, this is his second movie and even Seth Moritz mm-hmm. uh, uh, and even Seth Green is like no the guy was playing <laughs> yeah. like the producers made Jason Mew's audition to be Jay they made Jay audition to be Jay. And if you need to, like, that says everything you need to know about Hollywood producers. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, it was fun. It was, there was a lot uh, about it. And we fortunately going to have to keep going. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it was, it was uh, his first time here, he said? No. Yeah, this was his first yeah, time. his first time here. Yeah, he's another little bit trying to get to and come. And, yeah. I, 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 I back. Think, I think... Everybody liked it. Everybody had a chance to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, another talker. Fun fact, curiosity. He t- he said he's working on a female uh, action action. A female live, led live action. A live action based on an animation with all girls. Uh, so he hired. He convinced his daughter to co-write with him. And some of the details he mentioned it makes me think, and that's me, mm-hmm. if it's true, uh, hey, 
you guys should congratulate me for guessing. But it sounds like it's jam in the holograms. Yeah. Because uh, it said right. it was based on a toy. Uh, mm -hmm. Animations and it was that was popular. Are popular in the 80s. He said he liked it. I liked jam. I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. Pretty girls singing and doing like fun stuff, action stuff. Uh, I don't know. So, my, my bet, my guess is jam and the holograms. Moving on okay. because we have more to talk. Next day we had this band of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Eduardo Franco, Grace Van Dien, and Get Matarazzo, uh, a fan favorite, a local fan favorite. He came here so many he times. He comes here all the time. And yeah. he has family here apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was fun. They talked about the show. People ask questions about you know favorite scenes mm -hmm. and favorite characters or characters would be you know the usual. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else? Not a big takeaway. Just Eduardo Franco. I loved him in this in the show, and uh, turns out he's pretty lovable and adorable in person too. Just like a really nice guy, yeah. um, really down to earth. Anyway, so super fun. And his his hair. I'm just. I need to know. Anyways, moving his on. Hair. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Then we saw Steve Burns. This was one. This this was for me because Alex did not watch. Um, Blue's Clues growing up. I was a teenager babysitting kid who watched it and then when he left Blue's Clues and did his album Songs for Dust Mites, it's one of my favorite albums. Um, anyway, he talked a lot about how he's he's always working. He's doing lots of the sign behind the scenes stuff, producing, directing. He's the voice. He does a lot of voiceover. So when you see a commercial, it says Snickers satisfies. That's Steve. <laughs> um, but the big takeaway, he said the biggest lesson he learned from Blue's Clues was that Steve was never afraid to ask for help. Steve Burns had been through a lot of just really tough mental health stuff. And, and so the character Steve taught him that it was okay to ask for help. And I thought that was really beautiful. Also, the character is a combo of Grover plus the ending of Ferris Bueller. The post credits scene of Ferris Bueller Day Off. Yeah. Yeah. So... There's that. It was lovely. Yeah. And then, uh, also, uh, we see you see Stephen Amell in a panel. There's a fun favor, even the, even though the show yeah. is, is is gone, mm -hmm. done and gone, but they still fill fill, fill up the house. Uh, so it was fun. He promised out like that. Uh, he's now the he once he promised that he would be on American Ninja Warrior. He did. He this promise uh, to us this time that he would uh, bring Felicity, uh, Emily back. Richards, whatever. Yeah. Next time. Anyways, uh, we saw Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh -huh. uh, did you ask him a question? Yeah, um, we yeah. asked him about his original Marvel role as almost reluctant Thor in Adventures in Babysitting. That got a smile out of him, cheer from the crowd. Yeah, um, we're gonna get those those questions, those sound bites, those videos uh, mm -hmm. up online so you can appreciate more. And mm -hmm. last but least, we saw one jump Not least. Huh? Last but not least. What is that? Least. Not least. Anyways, anyway. last but not least, uh, we saw John Carlos Disposito, uh, and the man preached. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he, and I, this is a pattern, I think, among the older actors. Sh Shatner, Esposito. Oh, but Shatner's much older. Yes, a lot older, but I mean, like, like Jason Isaacs, um, John Rhys Davies. What is it older, like, like 50 plus? They get up there and they've just got all this life wisdom they want to share. Yeah, and Esposito is like, He's up there, like, he got off the chair and was, like, walking back and forth, and the volume of his voice raises. Yeah. All this theater training came out. Yeah, By the way, he's doing theater. Yeah, he's doing King Lear at the Armory in New York next year. I wish I could see it. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, and that's um, what she asked him about. Yeah, because yeah. this man, like, if he doesn't do Shakespeare, 
it would be a crime against humanity. Yeah, but he does, so that's okay. He said he loved Magneto. Uh, the fans said he loved to see him in Magneto. He said the, year, the meeting was years ago. So I don't know if the recent rumors are another meeting yeah. that we didn't talk about. But he did talk and about how like the fan casting is getting... It doesn't take much to set off the rumors. Yeah. Anyways, that was uh, a bit. I not even talked about cosplays. Oh my gosh. So many cosplays. Uh, Really good ones. Top one. Top one. What was your favorite? Um, the one that I got most excited about was. Uh, I thought it was Avatar Kyoshi, and then all of a sudden, Sokka popped up next to her. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's Suki and Sokka, which if you know, you know. I, I, love, I love to see so many of what we do in the Shadows cosplay. Yes. Not, not just last, last, it was yes. pretty cool. Yes. Anyways, we are out of time, so uh, we see you next week for more Pop Coach News uh, review. Mm-hmm. Movies, TV, you know. Uh, may the force be with you. Live long and prosper. Bye! Bye.